Uh, I've been, of course, preaching around First, uh, Second Timothy in several of the services in recent weeks, and and uh, and so tonight uh, will be no different. Uh, I kind of gave a little bit of a heads up this last Wednesday night, uh, and in preaching about. Uh, two statements that we find in Scripture in these passages about uh, something that was worthy, uh, sayings that, uh, of course, uh, good faithful sayings that were worthy of all acceptation. And I believe all the Bible is worthy of our acceptation. Uh, we, uh, we are too um, good at, we've become too good at, uh, cherry-picking the Bible. Uh, we uh, believe verses that we want to believe and don't believe others and we really um, do God a disservice, our Christian lives a disservice, and we find even a, an example that God gives us here uh, that we're going to point out that I mentioned Wednesday about uh, two gentlemen in particular, uh, another one, a third one named Philetus that we'll read about uh, in 2 Timothy, uh, and Paul, uh, in his letter to Timothy, uh, called uh, these uh, fellows out. Uh, and named them by name. And, and the reason that uh, I believe that he does that uh, is to uh, protect the innocent, uh, is to identify um, what is going on. Uh, I, I kind of wish in our churches, for example, what if we had, maybe we'll put it together, I don't know how to figure out the details, but uh, there is uh, a registry, for example, you, there's a sex offender registry. So you know that uh, if somebody who's on that registry, they move into your town, uh, and the reason they do that is to protect innocent people uh, from somebody moving into their area uh, that could cause their children harm. And we would look at a registry like that and uh, knowing what their names are. Not only do we know their names, we know where they live, uh, and, uh, and a whole lot of things. You'd be able to Google them, find out their criminal history. It's all public record. Uh, and I almost feel like we need some type of registry uh, for... Uh, busybodies, uh, uh, people who sow discord uh, among the brethren, uh, maybe heretics, uh, somebody who destroys some church by, uh, by, uh, by doing some type of false doctrine and maybe wolves, you know, so we can register them, call them up by name, uh, and so that people, so you can protect people uh, from that. Uh, now, I have um, in the past uh, called out certain preachers. Of course, I mentioned uh, uh, MacArthur, uh, I'm not uh, Calvinistic in my beliefs, and, uh, and so uh, I would call out Calvinistic doctrine, name him by name, and, uh, and uh, I've lost a lot of uh, friends to the Reformed movement, uh, and I'm just not a fan. Uh, I have called out preachers like, uh, you know, uh, that fella in, uh, in Arizona uh, that's on the internet all the time, Stephen Anderson. Uh, I've just got zero use uh, for uh, him, his ministry, his doctrine. Say he is a wolf, and uh, and we have had uh, from time to time uh, people who come to our church, and uh, and as much as I love them uh, and want them to be around, uh, the very second uh, that uh, that I hear about a love and affinity and a followership of that, uh, I've got to, I've got to tell them, hey, I'm just not, I'm not for that. I'm just, I'm not that kind of preacher. Uh, and, uh, I'm not that kind of, uh, uh, you know, I'm against stuff, but, uh, but I'm just not uh, that way. And, and so I'll call out my name and sometimes people don't like that, but I have to say it, uh, because, uh, I'm trying to warn people of, uh, uh, and again, not everybody, you know, even, 
um, a clock is wrong uh, or is right twice a day, uh, is the saying. Uh, and, uh, and so not that everything that these preachers say is wrong or bad, but where they are, uh, I'll just say, hey, you've got to watch out. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, calling out, and we have, uh, of course, precedent uh, in Scripture that we'll look at. So we are looking at Timothy. We've talked about uh, him uh, enduring hardness as a good soldier. Uh, we've uh, referenced uh, these sayings that Paul gave to him, uh, which he wanted him to follow, uh, and uh, about his ordination and making sure that uh, he stayed true to what he had been taught uh, from, of course, his mother and his grandmother, uh, being saved under the Apostle Paul, uh, God uh, and Paul preparing Timothy uh, to pastor the work at Ephesus. These are pastoral epistles, uh, and, uh, and we'll uh, read just a couple verses and, and have some points from that here tonight. Verse number 18 uh, of 1 Timothy uh, in chapter number 1, the Bible says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before uh, on thee, that thou by them... Midas war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away uh, concerning faith, uh, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So the Bible here, Paul telling Timothy uh, that he is to elsewhere to fight the good fight. Uh, and uh, that there's a warfare and that it should be a, it's a good warfare. So Christianity, uh, and if you're newly saved, uh, you should understand that Christianity uh, is, not, is not for, um, you know, um, the weary. It's hard. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult life. Uh, to think that you can get saved and then just kind of coast through life with zero, I mean, flying under the radar and, uh, in, and not really rocking the boat, it's just, you, that's not the kind of Christianity uh, that's a biblical Christianity. Uh, it is a fight. Uh, it's a struggle against Satan. Uh, it is a struggle against uh, uh, sin. Uh, a Christian soldier uh, is in Christ's army. We, uh, we use that illustration all the, the time. And this warfare, this good warfare, implies that there's a, a numerous amount of foes. So it's a battle on multiple fronts. Uh, and you've got to stand and you've got to endure and you've got to fight uh, and uh, be strong and have a good courage and, uh, and not be afraid. And over and over in the Bible, God describes for us how we should be uh, with our Christian faith uh, in our walk. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, we, we believe that uh, in meekness, that it's weakness and that we've got to, uh, you know, basically cower to uh, and we call it being gracious. And it's just not true. Uh, you should be gracious to people. You should be kind uh, and, uh, and you should uh, pick the right battles to fight. I talked about that uh, a little bit this morning. Uh, and be wise, uh, the Bible says, uh, to them that are without. Uh, walk in wisdom uh, and, uh, and make sure that uh, you have the mind of Christ. All those being true, uh, you're, you're still in a battle. And you can't put your guard down. Why? Because the Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So I think that you should be chin up and chest out uh, and, uh, and you should put a smile on your face uh, and you should go out every day and don't uh, be, uh, you know, uh, sad and discouraged or whatever. It's not that you won't get that way, but you can't stay that way uh, because the devil seeking out, he seeks out the weak and the beggarly. 
uh, and, uh, and those who uh, are maimed and whatever, uh, and that's who he targets. And you say, uh, you know, um, you mean I can fool the devil by putting a smile on my face? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little theology. Um, the devil can't see your heart. He can't. He's not everywhere all the time. Uh, and, and so as he, as he walks to and fro uh, and he's looking for the weak, uh, he, can't, he can't tell uh, what you're thinking like God can. Somehow we think that the devil's just like God uh, in those ways. Uh, and so uh, I'm not saying put on, a, put on a smile and put on a front to fool another Christian, but I'm okay with you trying to fool the devil. <laughs> All right? Uh, and, uh, and so if you're not, if you're not happy... Just try, try to uh, be happier, uh, and, uh, and I think it'll help you. Uh, and by the way, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, uh, and if you're constantly struggling uh, with your spirit, you need to get that under control through the Word of God uh, and the help of God. It is a warfare. Uh, it isn't some type of, uh, you know, just going through life and everything's going to be rosy. You're going to have difficulties you're going to have to fight battles. Uh, it's, it's a good warfare because its object is to, do, to destroy uh, that which is evil and to promote that which is good. Uh, it is, we have a good commander. Uh, you know, we've, uh, you think about uh, the, all the debates about uh, commanders and generals and uh, this, that, and the other. Um, uh, we can't, you can't find any fault uh, with uh, your general, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is a good commander, uh, and he uh, issues uh, all the right uh, orders, and we are to follow them. And so uh, uh, the uh, Christian soldier must be sensible uh, to all of the, uh, the teachings in Scripture concerning uh, this warfare. And part of it uh, he gives to us in verse number 19. So he says it's a good, it's a good warfare. Uh, and he tells us that we need to hold fast, many faith, uh, hold faith, uh, and uh, hold fast too, uh, but, uh, or to stand strong, uh, to, to not faint. Uh, he gives us all of these uh, sayings in the Bible. It says, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. So God uh, in Scripture tells us that we're to hold both these, holding faith and a good conscience. I mentioned in passing uh, in one of the last services uh, that some people try to hold faith without a good conscience. And when somebody tries to do that, uh, that soon uh, their faith becomes hollow and it's hypocritical. Uh, and, and I believe this, and this is really kind of the crux, and I'll get into uh, just a couple of points here in a second, the main thing about the message tonight uh, this is the key to, I, I believe, why a lot of Christians uh, fall away. Uh, it, is, uh, it is something that I noticed right away uh, in Christian lives that I warn people about in my preaching and counseling. Uh, and I'll explain uh, what I mean here in a second. So they try to have faith, but without a good conscience. Uh, they, they, um, some of them uh, will... Uh, they mess with sin uh, to the point to where sin doesn't bother them. Uh, they begin to uh, stifle uh, the, their conscience, and then after a while they can't trust their conscience. And I'll explain that. Uh, there are some who try to have a conscience without faith. Uh, and when people do that, uh, 
their faith and becomes superficial. Uh, they become unspiritual. Uh, their faith is fruitless uh, in, uh, in every practical way. So there has to be a union of the two. Uh, faith is the spring or the quickener uh, of the conscience. And then conscience gives uh, truthfulness uh, and reality uh, to faith. So Paul named two men uh, who, holding faith in a good conscience, uh, they failed to do so. They put away concerning faith uh, and they made shipwreck. That putting away means they thrust away. Uh, they, they made a conscious decision uh, to, uh, to put that away. Uh, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 2 quickly. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Uh, and we'll read uh, where uh, this is mentioned as well. In verse number 17 and 18. And their word uh, will eat as doth a canker. 2 Timothy 2 verses 17 and 18. Of whom uh, is Hymenaeus. And uh, uh, Philetus, who, uh, Philetus, who concerning the truth uh, have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Here's why uh, preachers should, why I and every preacher should warn people uh, of Hymenaeus and Philetus and, uh, and Alexander the coppersmiths, uh, is because they're, they're having put away uh, faith. Uh, their false doctrine, their error spreads like a cancer, uh, like a canker, the Bible says. It's like a, it's like a game green uh, where it takes hold and then it just kind of festers and festers. Uh, and what you've got to do is you've got you've to take care of that. Um, I remember um, a lady named Jackie uh, in our church at, uh, at uh, New Heights. And uh, when we first got here to the state, she was uh, elderly and, uh, and uh, she lived at, uh, in, in like an assisted living kind of a place. And I think she stepped on a sewing needle uh, and uh, got an infection in her foot. She has uh, had diabetes. Uh, and so when you get infections like that, you've got to really watch them. Uh, and, uh, and so she struggled. And we were in the hospital up in Renton uh, just quite a bit with her. And I don't know if some of you can remember that. Uh, and, uh, and she fought for her life uh, to, to get beyond uh, the infection in her foot. And the only way uh, to do it, they had to, they had to uh, take it off and take it off higher. And so she was put in a nursing home and she just struggled through all that and finally, finally came through, and it took a long time. Uh, and then she died of a heart attack uh, and uh, went home to be with the Lord. And, uh, and so, hey, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Uh, but what they do is they've got to stop it uh, at, and, 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 get, and get rid of the limb uh, that is infected. Uh, and, and I know that I have had in the past people in churches, this church, New Heights, Twin Ports Baptist, wherever I've been, uh, where, where folks have gotten upset uh, because I've just said, hey, you know what, uh, this just isn't a good place for you. And, uh, and so they say, this isn't a good place for you. And they say, well, we can't say that or do that. Uh, we have got to uh, be nice or whatever. But, but this isn't a place for every single person uh, to go. So uh, they were uh, warning them of uh, this uh, as being a, can- a canker of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth, have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. They say uh, the resurrection isn't true. The resurrection is done. Uh, and that was spreading. And Paul called them out and, said, and warned them about uh, these fellows. So some try to hold faith without a good conscience. Some try uh, to have a good conscience without faith. Uh, and, uh, but we need them both. So um, I believe uh, as a 
Bible-believing Christian that you ought to have uh, safeguards and things that you set up in your own life. So we'll talk about uh, having Bible convictions where the truth of the Bible, uh, God says, thus saith the Lord, or uh, he makes uh, a statement uh, that uh, here's a command, and there are many commands uh, in the, uh, the Bible in the New Testament, uh, and we've talked at length about that. So if God commands it, uh, then we're to do that. So we, we have a Bible conviction based on a truth, a verse, a passage, text, a book. Uh, in the Bible, God says, here's what you do. We have a conviction. Then what we as Christians should do is then set up boundaries. Uh, we'll call them standards, right? Uh, and uh, so we set up a standard. A standard is there uh, to help us keep our biblical convictions intact. Uh, and not everything that you set up as a standard in your life needs to have a Bible verse to it, by the way. Uh, and uh, it, we, somehow we think, uh, you know, uh, we're kidding about that in choir. Um, uh, Brother Hanson was talking about somebody said that Jesus never smiled and so, uh, or joked or whatever. And, uh, and, and so you know, somebody believes that that's the case. And then somebody says, well, Jesus didn't have a phone either. And, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, just, you can, you all, everybody in this room has standards in your life that have uh, no, there's no Bible verse for them. They could be just, um, you know, uh, you, won't, you won't eat at a certain place. That's the standard you have. You follow me? Uh, you don't have to have a Bible verse. You just don't, you don't like that. I mean, some people like, you know, uh, they're not going to drink Starbucks, and so they have a standard. They can't necessarily say why. It's not really hinged on that. Uh, they might say, well, I just don't want to spend that much money, or they don't like what they stand for. Uh, but uh, everybody's got standards. Save people, lost people. Everybody's got them. They differ, uh, and, uh, and again, I've said this a lot of times, uh, you're a, a legalist if you have a st- one more standard than the next guy, uh, and you're a liberal if you have one less uh, than the next guy. Uh, and we, we give people a difficult time about all that, but you've got to have them. Uh, you set up a standard to keep those convictions in place. Here's what happens. Um, somebody along the line, and this is inevitable, with almost every single family uh, that has ever left uh, every church that I've been in. Inevitably, someone, usually either within the church or had already previously uh, left the church, uh, will challenge their standard. They'll say, well, you know, um, come on. Uh, it ain't, that ain't so bad. You know, we do this and, and we're fine or whatever. And where someone who uh, had a conviction and a conscience to live a certain way stifles that conscience. They stifle their conscience. They, they, they go ahead, they feel guilty about what they're going to do, they do it anyway, uh, and then they step back and realize that God didn't zap them. Uh, um, there was no maybe huge negative consequences to what they had done, and they decide, well, that, that perhaps isn't as bad as what I thought it was. And when they feel bad about it, say prior, they say they do something. I feel bad about doing it. I can't go. I just feel like I'm under conviction. Somebody challenges that feeling and says, it's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. That's just Pastor Reno. Uh, That's just brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. That's your mom or your dad and how you were brought up. Uh, There's nothing bad about that. You shouldn't feel guilt for what you're doing. Uh, and, uh, And so then they would continue. And they would stifle uh, their conscience. Uh, So I believe that there's a connection between our faith and our morals. Uh, 
Uh, it says in verse 19, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Um, there's an inseparable connection between faith. Uh, I usually put it this way, your, your belief drives your behavior. Uh, I've said if uh, uh, you uh, believe the science of COVID, uh, then you should behave consistent with the science. Uh, and, uh, and when we don't, uh, then, you know, uh, it's just we, we have to challenge whether or not somebody really believes that. Uh, I, I got a kick out of uh, a couple of things uh, with uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, anybody see him throw out that first pitch? Uh, you know, he, he throws like a non-binary person. Uh, and uh, and uh, see, what's a non-binary? There's no such thing. Uh, and, uh, but uh, he, just, he just, he goes and throws it. It went way over here. It's like the worst first pitch, I think, in history of mankind. Uh, and then they show uh, him uh, in the stands. So you can't, you can't go to sporting events, and you've got to social distance and all this, and he doesn't know how to do that. Uh, and had his mask off, and a lady next to him had hers off, and et cetera. And, uh, and those types of visuals don't help us when, when they're pushed and say, this is what we believe, this is what we believe. And then when they behave inconsistent with what they believe, then we can't believe them. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think everybody in here, as we see those, those, that, that type of a thing, we, it's kind of in front of us all the time, we would agree uh, that behavior inconsistent doesn't help us. And that's why we're, all, that's why we're so confused. Do we? Don't we? Uh, and on and on and on. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, has anybody got a snorkel, uh, and a, a, a goggles and a snorkel? Anybody got one of those at home for swimming in the summer? None of you have that? All right. I'm gonna, I, want, I want a pair of those so I can wear them in Walmart. Uh, and just walk in there, the goggles on, and the snorkel, and somebody comes up to talk, and I'll just go, I'll just grab the top of it real quick, and, uh, and nobody will know what to do, uh, and it's great. Oh, by the way, I read in the news today that uh, Walmarts and Home Depots and Lowe's and all these places are no longer going to stop you uh, from shopping there because of all of the uh, crazy events that have taken place and violence and fights and everything. So uh, they're all backing off on that's good news. And so when you thought how terrible it was when people uh, got all crazy, uh, it's kind of helped us uh, in, uh, in that uh, instance when, when you got to go. We don't, we don't believe it because people don't behave consistent with what they say is the truth or the science. But that's exactly why people don't believe us. Um, when, because we don't behave consistent with what we say that we believe. And they, everybody sees it. Our neighbors see it. Our family sees it. Uh, and uh, and a, uh, an example that I talked about this morning is when we say Jesus is the answer and then we don't share Jesus. So we can talk about Jesus being the answer till we're blue in the face. But if we never communicate that to people, uh, we're being a hypocrite. Uh, in, in what we're saying and what we're doing, and it makes so that people uh, don't believe. Uh, when, when the scriptures talk about being a, being a light uh, and not hiding it, or if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, uh, and the scriptures teach, I'm paraphrasing, uh, that it's a shameful thing, and it's to our shame uh, when we hide our gospel witness and people die and go to hell uh, because we don't say anything or, or preach to them or uh, tell them the truth. Uh, but it's not just not saying things, it's behaving in ways that are inconsistent with this book uh, and it causes people not to trust what you say. I mean, can, can you say, you know, Jesus is all I need uh, and, then, and then communicate with your behavior to everyone around you uh, that he isn't? 
by what we do and where we go and what we purchase and on and on and on. Uh, and uh, that I just trust God and, uh, and, uh, and He is my buckler and my shield and He's a present help in time of trouble. And then uh, when, you know, your car breaks down, you, you know, you have an absolute breakdown yourself because you don't know what to do and where is the money. We, we say stuff all the time uh, that we believe, but then we behave uh, not consistent with that. So there is an inseparable connection between faith and morals. Write this down if you have a pen. If you stifle your conscience, your faith will be affected. And then your life will be affected. That's the progression. It's like the progression in sin. You stifle your conscience. God gave you a conscience that works with the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, uh, that when you, when you do something, say something, uh, or you be something that you shouldn't be uh, as a child of God, uh, your conscience and the Holy Spirit, uh, they, you, you, you feel this, no, I shouldn't do that. You feel the guilt associated with guilt. Spiritual guilt is to you spiritually what pain is to you physically. So, so when uh, I, uh, uh, as I uh, you know, illustrated this morning, get upset, uh, about uh, someone confronting me in a line, uh, and I want to say something, I want to whatever, and I couldn't find a, you know, uh, what I needed. I had a big club. I, I've had it since all the riots started. I got it in Kenya. I forget what it's called, uh, but it's uh, a solid piece of wood. It's got a big knot on the end. I've, I've, uh, what's it called? Rungu stick. I got one of those just right in my passenger seat, uh, kind of pried in there, uh, and just in case uh, I got a, you know, uh, ninja somebody, uh, and, uh, and so I've got that there uh, just in case. Uh, and, uh, but I get all these feelings, this is what I want to do, and then I, I get all that way, and then I feel bad about it. And I, and I don't feel bad about it because of, um, you know, worldly philosophy. I mean, you know, the world teaches evolution and survival of the fittest and natural selection, uh, and, and on and on and on. And uh, so I don't, get, I don't get convicted or feel bad uh, because I feel fight or flight. God made me that way and he made all of us that way. Uh, that's what, that, there's good stress and bad stress. That's what teaches us to run or to, uh, or, to, or to fight. Those are all part of being a human being. I feel bad. The Holy Spirit gives, brings conviction because I believe uh, that that person needs Jesus. And then my behavior is inconsistent with how I believe. So, so I can't, if it was like, you know, if I tell, if I preach uh, people need the Lord uh, and I just go around town giving people lumps uh, with my rungu stick, um, that would be an inconsistent message. That would be a meta message, a mixed message uh, that wouldn't go over well. Uh, and by the way, it, you know, uh, the news would hit local church pastor just going around clubbing protesters with a, uh, with a stick from Kenya. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and everybody in the world and you and me would understand that that's not the appropriate behavior for a Christian. Uh, so, but, but here's how it all begins. You begin to stifle your conscience. And it might not be that. It might be just something you watch or something you listen to uh, or places you go or, or friends that you have uh, when, you, when you felt. And by the way, um, if you read the Bible uh, and or you hear preaching and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit gives you conviction, you believe something, 
and then at some point in your life you no longer believe that way, God didn't change. And I know scores and scores and scores and scores of Christians who, who behave in ways today that they were against. Preachers too. Uh, just a short few years ago. Uh, and, uh, and that all began by them stifling conscience. By saying, uh, I know I feel bad about doing that, but everybody else is doing it. Uh, so I'm going to do that. And then they do it again and it doesn't feel as bad. And in fact, not only that, uh, but then all of a sudden people are cheering you along. Uh, because you're a recovering Baptist or, uh, or whatever, and you've got beyond that. You're no longer a legalist, uh, and, uh, and God doesn't expect this. And, and after a while, you're championing uh, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. And it all started uh, with stifling conscience. You've got to hold faith and a good conscience, which some, uh, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Uh, shipwrecks, by the way, if you can happen when you when just when you pull out a port at the beginning of your journey. I've seen a lot of shipwrecks, Christian speaking, uh, church speaking, of people who just straight out of the gate they get saved, uh, and uh, and boy they're excited about the things of God, uh, and uh, and they just the influence is there for myself. I, I was almost that way. I got saved uh, and was doing great. Uh, through, uh, through the summer and once school started for me and I got around all my uh, lost friends, man, the wheels came off. Uh, and, uh, and I got in a lot of trouble, did a lot of things uh, and could have destroyed and shipwrecked my life uh, in the early stages of, of my Christian walk. And I'm thankful that God is gracious uh, and good, uh, but some shipwrecks, that's where it happens. Some of them at the end of the journey. Uh, boy, you just you could somebody's just traveled across the you know the Pacific Ocean uh, to to make it to Seattle, Washington on their ship, uh, and uh, and as they're pulling through the Puget Sound somewhere, uh, they crash and and uh, shipwreck. Uh, and but uh, but we've got to be careful about the whole way in our Christian life uh, and in our journey. If you stifle your conscience, your faith will be affected, and then your life will be affected. Every write this down, please. Every moral breakdown leads from a breakdown of faith. And every breakdown of faith leads from a conscience that's been dulled uh, or is a result of that. Every moral breakdown comes from a breakdown of faith. Every breakdown of faith comes from a conscience that has been dulled every time. Uh, and uh, and they're, they're, they are inseparable faith and morals. Um, all the debates and stuff, uh, that take place um, in today's society, what's wrong, you know, whatever. I, I, I said this on social media earlier. I said, if you believe uh, in situation ethics, situa- situation ethics is uh, your morals change depending upon the circumstances. So if you believe in situation ethics, uh, for example, killing a baby, uh, abortion is okay in these circumstances. So it's wrong to, it's wrong to abort a child unless this happens or this happens. That's what's called situation ethics. Uh, the morals change depending on what the circumstances are. And there are all kinds of people that, that believe uh, that uh, and, uh, and practice that. They say, well, I'm against it in general, but in these instances, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, it's wrong in every instance. Okay, We don't believe in situation ethics 
uh, that it's right in this in instance and that. I don't really get, want to get into those instances with everybody in the room. But if you can apply situation ethics to uh, abortion, then you can apply it to law enforcement. So uh, I would say there are times uh, when, uh, when uh, somebody um, being detained physically and harmed uh, or, and even killed uh, is necessary uh, to, to save someone else, to save a police officer. Uh, you would have to say if you believe it's okay to, uh, to kill babies uh, and uh, in certain circumstances, then you would have to agree uh, that situation ethics could apply to the fact, you know, there's sometimes, and, and, and I know somebody will get mad at me saying this, uh, but even the whole, it's not standard procedure for police officers necessarily to put their knee on somebody like that. Um, but when you're fighting for your life and the only thing keeping a bad guy from getting up uh, is doing that, most police officers are going to want to go home to their family. And, uh, and so I've talked with officers like, hey, uh, or, uh, you know, the only time that you can get through uh, fighting for your life is taking someone's back and choking them out. That's just how that happens. It's a situation. So I would, I would say to someone, uh, so there's no situation ever uh, that uh, would merit or, uh, or uh, would call for uh, a use of force uh, that uh, would take a life or whatever, uh, and they can't. I listened to uh, uh, somebody today. On the, I went over real fast to a sporting goods store and came back before uh, a meeting this afternoon uh, and was listening to an interview, a radio interview. Uh, and the, the, the man was trying to get a, a, a lady who is in, I guess, one of the heads or charges of uh, uh, the movement to remove... Um, uh, Mayor Durkin, I think, which is a good movement, <laughs> uh, but uh, was trying to say, that could not get the person to admit uh, that, uh, okay, if somebody goes and destroys, like they, you know, they destroyed the city and destroy Starbucks, should a person who is doing that be arrested? And the, and the person can't, would not say yes. And, uh, and, and finally, he's like, okay, if somebody just murdered somebody, uh, and, uh, and should they be arrested? Would, would not say yes uh, because, there's, because it just depends on the situation and on and on and on and on. Uh, we are living in a day and time people have absolutely positively lost their minds. Uh, and uh, so I'm saying situation, ethics, morals. Uh, every moral breakdown comes from a breakdown of faith. When, when you believe, uh, like uh, Israel, that the judgment of God is afar off, uh, you, be, you, you take ease in Zion. Uh, when, when your faith about, uh, about uh, uh, let's say, who God is and His character and why would God this, you know, there are a lot of Christians who have made shipwreck with their life because, because they have lost a loved one uh, or to disease or to addiction or to suicide or something in their life, uh, and, uh, and their concept of God is challenged in that. Their faith uh, is stifled, uh, and, uh, and it affects uh, their morality. Every moral breakdown comes from a breakdown of faith. Every breakdown of faith comes from a conscience that has been dulled. The Bible says this in Acts chapter number 24, verse number 16, And herein do I exercise myself, uh, to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. I think that we as children of God should develop a tender conscience to the Holy Spirit of God and God's Word. 
Um, there's a, a saying, um, in it, and it's a saying that goes for people who are saved or lost. When in doubt, what? Don't. When in doubt, don't. Uh, and it's, it's, that's not necessarily a, a biblical proverb, uh, but it's a good standard to have. If you, if you don't, if it doesn't feel right, if, it's, if you just think something's wrong about it, then just stop and, and just don't do it. Uh, that could be the Holy Spirit of God uh, and your conscience at work trying to keep you from, uh, from failing and, or falling or harming yourself or whatever the case may be. Uh, and uh, we are to try to and strive to have a conscience uh, uh, void of offense toward God and toward men, developing a tender conscience, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I think we are to cultivate and develop in our life a firm and growing faith, uh, a deep understanding of the Bible, uh, a daily walk uh, that is well-pleasing to the one who has called us uh, to be a soldier. So Hymenaeus and Alexander, uh, who the Bible says that Paul had delivered unto Satan, uh, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Um, they blas- when, when you put away and thrust away faith in a good conscience, that's blasphemy. Uh, read it again. He says, holding faith and of a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered under Satan, that they may, not, uh, may, they may learn not to blaspheme. They are put out uh, for uh, not holding faith, uh, for false doctrine, uh, for their conscience uh, and being thrust away, knowing that something's wrong. And by the way, uh, the vast majority of false prophets, uh, they know they're false prophets. They know it's not true. Um, when we see uh, pastors of churches and this or that and, uh, and female, uh, female pastors and just on and on and on and on, uh, probably some of the biggest uh, you know, proponents of that within, uh, within the, uh, the charismatic crowd or whatever, uh, you can't tell me that they, they go and they read, the, that they don't see that stuff in the Bible. They know it's there, but they put away. They thrust it. They thrust it to the side, and they don't hold faith in a good conscience. Uh, and, uh, and they make shipwreck uh, of their life. Uh, I don't want to shipwreck my life beginning, end of my, of my faith walk, in the middle, anywhere along the way. So what do I do? I've got to be strong and hold my faith, and I have to have a conscience that's, uh, that's, that's clear of offense uh, to God and man. So when, when I uh, behave... Uh, in a way that's inconsistent with what I believe. My example this morning, not to rehash it. Uh, and I, and I, feel, I feel conflicted. It's like I don't want to feel that. I don't want to get angry with people. I don't want to get frustrated. I don't want to look at, uh, at somebody. I mean, I, from, I mean I've said, this, these are statements I've made. I've said every country that ends in Stan, uh, the United States should make a parking lot out of it. I've just said stuff like that. Uh, and just drop a bomb on it, make a parking lot out of it, and then move on. Uh, and, uh, but that type of statement is inconsistent with belief. I know that people in countries that end in Stan, uh, and even like, you know, Yakistan, uh, you know, and other places like that, uh, they need Jesus. And, uh, but when I say that, it makes me feel good. Because, I, because it, it helps alleviate my frustration. But when I do that, I feel bad about it. 
And by the way, I often, I'm just going to let you on something. You might, you might get mad at me for saying things like that. I just, I just want you to know I probably got mad at myself long before you did. Okay? Uh, I'm, my, I'm my own, my, the worst critic, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm harder on myself than you will ever be. Uh, and just, uh, just know full well that if, if you like, man, I don't think he should, he should have done that or said that. I've, I've already, I've beat you to the punch in my own spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit and conscience. Uh, and, uh, and so sometimes I get up here and I say it and I use this illustrations. Uh, sometimes uh, I will, uh, or you'll see, uh, you know, those types of things. And, and, and there, again, uh, you know, if, if that gentleman uh, the other day started coming in my car and wanted to fight with me, my wife there, I'm going to protect my wife. Uh, uh, Bible, no Bible, Christianity, no Christianity. I, you know, I'm going to do, do that. Okay, uh, and that's why when she's like, he got out, I'm, I, I know human nature, and, and he's going to get out again. And so I'm looking, you know, for, I'm, a, I'm just a little guy. I got I to gotta have equalizers. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so, uh, and, uh, so that's, just, that's just how, that's how I, uh, I, mean, I grew up uh, in, uh, with all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so I'm just looking for something. I'm going to have to defend my wife's honor all for a s'mores blizzard uh, and, uh, and, uh, and this crazy world we live in. So I'm not saying... I mean, there is a time. There's a time for everything. And there's a time you've got to stand up. It's time you've got to say stuff. And, and, and sometimes you have to say it. Uh, and it isn't filled with grace speech. And you've got to do that. Um, but when you do it, if God's like, ah, uh, the Holy Spirit's like, you really shouldn't be that way. I can't, I can't go, yes, but. Because that stifles conscience. And then the next time that I get jacked up about something that's going on, um, I won't feel as bad about it the next time. And then after a while, we have a conscience that's seared. Uh, and, and it affects us, our morals, in, in such a dangerous way uh, that, um, you, know, there's some, you know, there's always, there's never a point of no return with the Lord. I'm, I'm thankful He is a God of the second, a hundred chances. Uh, and, uh, and his mercy is renewed every morning. But when you stifle your conscience, starts with a little thing. After a while, it's going to wear on you, wear on you, wear on you. And, after, and this, is, this is the nonsense that we say. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict me of that. If it's sin in the Bible and the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you of it, uh, you have a seared conscience. Or you're not saved because, because that's how it works. You're not, you're not an exemption. If you're a child of God uh, and, and you go out and, you know, rob a bank or whatever, and he's like, ah, Holy Spirit didn't bother me a bit. You were lost in, in bad shape. Uh, and uh, because he will every single time, if you belong to him, he will reprove you. That's the job, uh, a ministry of the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you uh, as your pastor to always beware of the challenges to conscience, whether it's yourself or if it's the people around you, if it's the culture, uh, if it's Christian culture, because I feel it every day. Every day I've got somebody like, ah, you just got to chill out. You don't need to have these rules, don't need to do this, and, and, uh, and on and And think the life, a life of obedience to God is some type of slave life that is something that I shouldn't do. And um, the difference is... Uh, that I've just, I've said no to that, and I don't listen to it. But a lot of people have listened to it. 
and a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit, and then they're just gone. Uh, a lot of people, most people, um, who leave a solid Bible-preaching church um, are in a church that is less solid and less Bible-teaching. Uh, and, uh, and that's just a fact. Uh, and it starts by stifling your conscience, and it affects, it affects your faith, uh, and it will affect your life. Uh, and God warns us to not do that, gives us personal example. And, uh, and if, I, if I, you know, um, everybody in this room knows people uh, who, who you could fit into this category. Stifled conscience that affected their faith and it's affected their life. Divorced. Um, their lives are shipwrecked or train, we say train wreck. Uh, and, and it all began with like, I don't need to, I, must, I know I should be in church uh, on Sunday night, but I'm not going to be. I mean, I feel bad about it, but they do it, and then nobody, you know, preacher didn't call, nobody said anything. So then it's, you know, it's a couple Sunday nights. Are you following me? And it's just that little bit, seeing how close we, and you, and you stifle conscience. I feel bad about it, and then I do it until I don't feel bad about it anymore, and I guess, I guess it's okay. And it's this thing, and it's that thing, and you, and you, and you make shipwreck. Uh, and, uh, and that's just, that should never be the goal. So how do you keep from that? By clear conscience. And listen to God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, uh, and taking that little, you know, you get people's uh, good angel, bad angel, you know, on your shoulders and stuff. Uh, that good angel, bad angel, a good angel saying, hey, uh, Holy Spirit saying, hey, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go there. Uh, you shouldn't see that. You shouldn't hear that. You shouldn't be their friend. Uh, and uh, and you, the Holy Spirit nudges you. You say, yes, sir. Uh, and then you, then you change course. But the moment you begin to make a habit of like, you know, pushing the Holy Spirit to the side and, and, and stifling him or quenching him, the Bible says, uh, you begin to do that, you're on a path that is a path that is no good. Uh, and I don't want you to go that way. I know you don't want to go that way, uh, but it starts with the little things. Uh, and uh, so uh, he says, these fellas did that. Don't do it. And, uh, and if I got up here uh, and said, this family did that. Don't do it. Most of you would have a heart attack. Don't be like this person. <gasps> He called them out by name. I mean, I know what happened because I'd be like, because already I'm like, people come up to me. I know who you were talking about. I'm, and I, I want to say, good. Well, I just don't think that you should whatever uh, and do that. No, I've got to protect. Uh, I'm, putting, I'm putting you on my registry. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm marking it because it's not good. You're a bad example of Christianity. And I don't want you to infect other people because it's like a canker. It's a gangrene. And so, so yeah, I'm calling it out. Say, hey, don't, you know, and, uh, and, and people get up. I say, don't play with this person. Don't do this. Hey, this person's not good for you, on and on and on. Uh, and somehow that's unchristian. It's probably one of the most Christian things I do as your pastor. And, uh, you know, when I do it, boy, it's, and I try to be as politically uh, correct and, uh, and as kind as I can be and just like, ah, you know what, you know, I would uh, do something different. Well, why? Well, I just really don't want to. But you got to. No, nah, I just really don't want to. Why? Uh, and you're like, oh, I can't believe you. I didn't want to tell you. 
I don't want to tell you in the first place. Uh, and uh, so Parma's like, just listen. Just trust me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, but if I was to just get up here and just announce, uh, you know, I, I just get up and say, hey, you know what? So-and-so, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be hanging around them anymore. And, uh, and I would split our church. But, I, but, I, but it wouldn't be for being wrong. It, it would be for it, be doing something that I think was going to protect. And so in the, in the event that I ever did that, Please remember this message tonight uh, in this passage of Scripture and give me some grace uh, when it comes time. Let's all stand. I've gone long. Uh, in-